Alrighty then, my name is Kaylee Taylor. Hello, my name is Jamie, but I go by Jams. Hello, I am Noah. I am excited to be here. I am Kanan Osborne, and I am very excited to be here. And today we are talking about the Latinx folklore by the name of La Llorona. So, first off, I want to start off, what is your personal boogeyman? Jams. So my personal boogeyman, um, by the way, I'm Catholic, but it's it's kind of funny because my boogeyman is not like a supernatural being. Um, I'm definitely into action movies is John Wick. And the reason why yes. I chose John Wick was because like realistically, like I think everybody would be terrified of that guy. Like, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist, Mm -hmm. Christian, um, Muslim, whatever. Like, that dude would find you and kill (laughs) you. Like, he been stabbed, shot at, um, fall in a multiple-story building. I mean, dude's a savage. Yeah, he's out for blood. Nothing gets out of his way. No, 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 like mercy with you, that guy. You can pretty easily avoid John Wick if you just don't kill his dog, though. Exactly. I, and I love dogs, so I'm straight. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. Straight. I love puppers. <laughs> Alright, Noah? Um, I would say my personal boogeyman has to be Slenderman. I remember mm-hmm. back in 2013, maybe <laughs> yes. 14, yes. I was at home alone all by myself and my friend was hanging out with me. It was 1am. Oh, we were having a blast and then I looked outside the window and there I saw a tall skinny man with a suit on (laughs) and we both pooped ourselves let me tell you that and we just took off running to his house for 20 minutes (laughs) and dear lord that was the worst night of sleep I've ever had have you ever played the video game that we're like on the iPads and stuff like that I used to be so freaking terrified like I yeah I love scary movies I watch scary movies but tell me to play the game no scary scary games are on a whole different level yeah yeah. My personal boogeyman would have to be the dog man. Uh, it is a bit of urban folklore from just generally in North America, particularly up in the Great Lakes, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, that area. And I watched a documentary about it. And since then, I've been kind of, you know, driving on backcountry roads. <laughs> you kind of imagine a seven foot tall dog man stepping out from the tree line. Solid. So I got a question. Is he an off-brand Bigfoot? No, I would say the Dogman is a definitively different creature. Oh. But people may mistake Bigfoot for Dogman or vice versa. More likely vice versa. Do you think it's like a chicken and egg type of situation? Like which one came first? Like Dogman or Bigfoot? Because, I mean, people can mistake Dogman or vice versa Bigfoot to, you know, to Dogman. I mean, you know. I think that they are co-current and <laughs> both have all have always existed or at least as long as humanity on North America. And probably at some point, if someone sees a bipedal furry creature, they have either seen Dogman, Bigfoot, someone of hypertrichosis who is naked, (laughs) or a black bear. Not going to lie, I would be that type to like rescue Dogman or Bigfoot because I love furry creatures. I, I have yes. like probably addiction of like finding a cute animal and feeding it and having it as my own. So if you ever see me with dog man, just please warn me that's dog man and not a freakishly huge animal. 
<laughs> Being upright might uh, warn you, but yeah, uh, I on the same length as John Wick. <laughs> I I don't really have a boogeyman, but I don't know why. But just Zach Baggins <laughs> from Ghost Adventures. Anytime that man is around, you know something's yeah. about to happen. Like I grew up watching Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. and I always just know. Good show. Good show. Well, since we all have our own personal boogeyman. Let's talk about La Llorona. Oh, yeah. I'm What's ready. the story? What's going on there? Noah? So, a little bit a little bit of backstory for La Llorona. Um, she is a vengeful ghost that takes her anger out on her kids. Um, there's plenty of different stories where her husband leaves her, her husband cheats on her. It, at the end of the day, the husband is a pretty bad dude, no matter where you look at the story from. <laughs> Because overall, when you look at La Llorona, there's not really a specific story that she is set in. It's like, oh, this is her. This is her. These are just stories that, like, people have created out of their mind, like, out of, like, someone that has had something terrible done to them. Anybody wants to continue? Yeah. So, like, going back to the whole thing, we always have that trope of, like, um the woman like has to act on revenge on like a husband that just like you know either was abusive or neglectful and like left his family so she had to become this whole baddie of a being or turn into a demon which is like really weird it's like every movie uh that's the best way to describe it though you know like women in black same thing you know i mean uh uh, there was an Irish folklore too. I cannot remember the name. Uh, Banshee, the Banshee. Yes, for example, mm-hmm. like all these have like horrific origin stories of like it's always the guy ruining his thing. Like if guys yeah. are really the eaves of this, like why do we put Eve onto women's perspective of culture? It's like, yeah. come I think, on. <laughs> I think like half of those stories also involve like she drowned her children, children. because the man wasn't giving her attention or yes. she was out of her mind. Yeah, they were. They are gas. Gaslighting. Most most horror movies, horror games, they gaslight you into a pulp. Sounds like a petty (laughs) baby mama. Which you also (laughs) gotta imagine that in like pre-industrial times, a great uh, nightmare for women would have been having their man not give them any attention after giving them children. Because women didn't have the, like back then, you didn't have many options if you were a single mother. And it was socially ostracized. So that probably was like a very like heart gripping horror story for women especially if they were telling the story to their children that would be something that they would actually fear it would speak to them on multiple levels yeah and i see with that like also um you know affairs is not really that bad then if you think about <laughs> it you know like you know instead of like killing your kids you could like you know, mess around with the mailman, you know, yeah. or the milkman or whatever, or whoever that yeah. was in the village at the time with her. I mean, and she was uh, actually written as a beautiful woman. Like yeah. she was mm-hmm. the, I think her the name was like Maria or something like that. Yeah. So it was like, it, it wouldn't be a problem for her to find another man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but you know, killing your kids, I guess that gives the father attention. Yeah. You know, we also got to imagine during the 18th century and such that affairs were not really seen as being that bad. Oh. 
especially among upper class people, because essentially you weren't supposed to reserve your love or your like sexual passion for your wife. You were supposed to reserve love and sexual passion for a mistress because the wife was supposed to be pure. You weren't supposed to like desully her with your passion which you know today that's just that sounds like really messed up to us and it was messed up objectively (laughs) i i agree but you know i i'm not gonna hold you like if i was in that time and i found out my husband was messing around with some other chick i just get even not because i love my kids i would love like i would love my kids but but i would give me a side piece i I just feel like there's better options than drowning your kids in a lake and now you got to deal with purgatory with god and yeah like oh you find your kids if you want to go into heaven like that whole part of the end of the story and now she just killing everybody else because yeah. she don't want to find the milkman so going off of that <laughs> what's what's the folklore why are people scared of this woman in white down by the river well the folklore is used as a way to like get kids in order mm-hmm. and a lot of like Latinx uh, communities um, a lot of sightings occur in LA and New Mexico which is heavily influenced with Latin communities as well um, but pretty much it's like their abuela would talk about the story mm-hmm. to make sure the kids never go near the river or La Llorona would catch you yeah. or you know certain things that are like taboo or um, a social fact it's basically get the kids in order yeah. and discipline you know it's like the La Trancra like you know it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like one of those things that, you know, it's like yeah. one of those fears that you have to put in your kids to make sure they don't do like stupid stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or, or it's like <laughs> Tio telling you, he almost got me one time. I was being so bad. I was hitting my sister and mm-hmm. pushing her and he, she almost got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to imagine like in general, these boogeyman tales exist to like discipline children and uh, speak to certain social fears. And La Rorona, like we said boogeyman earlier and the boogeyman, like he's an actual creature in mythology mm. from like Scotland. Yeah. And he exists to say, if your kid's being bad, you know, the boogeyman is going to get you. And traditionally, the boogeyman ate your bones. But. <laughs> now, going back to, you know, using this as a lesson for kids to, like, obey their parents. Now it's coming into social media, pop culture-wise. We've seen yeah. a lot of movies. Recently, a movie passed in 2019 called The Curse of La Llorona, um, which based in the 1970s L.A. Um, the story basically takes place of a woman who was a social worker. She had two children, which, of course course wasn't following everything she say and whatever and she took up this case with this woman who seemed to be abusing her kids but in reality um la llorona was trying to take her kids so she was doing like all types of uh things to protect her kids like put them in a locked door that had like eyes all over them sorry spoiler alert (laughs) but uh pretty much entails in a movie of like just be careful of judging people or like you know going further information because you know mothers are always these nurturing beings but in reality, if that stuff was happening in real life where, you know, a social worker coming into a house and she saw a woman locking up her kids and have like all type of stuff scribbled on the door. Um, asylum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, going back into the movie and stuff, um, 
the movie did pretty well, even though it had 28% Rotten Tomatoes. Because it, it was a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> it was so bad. But somehow they made it pretty well in the box office. I was yeah. surprised. Um, it was part of the Conjuring yeah. um, franchise. If you want to go into that a little bit, Kanan. Uh, I've watched a couple of the Conjuring movies. And I have to say, in general, like a lot of franchises, the first one's good. The latter one's not very great. <laughs> right. And they, they increasingly become more embellished as time goes on. Like the first this one is relatively accurate for me a little bit of embellishment and it's just more and more embellishment the farther you go along and for the story of La Llorona one interesting thing is how the fundamental narrative of La Llorona you know it's a Hispanic Catholic story mm-hmm. involving purgatory and all these Catholic themes and the theme of you know the maiden which is a very popular figure in catholic and hispanic latin lore like la llorona la santa morte the lady of guadalupe and they sort of protestantize it in the movie they make it because the la llorona becomes more of a purely demonic rather than Mm -hmm. a complicated Mm -hmm. entity which more speaks to protestantism because in protestantism you kind of have a very uh black and white mannequin view that there's only good and evil and there isn't really a mo- there isn't really room for a gray zone in the middle whereas in Catholicism purgatory which La Verona is associated with because mm-hmm. she isn't because she is in purgatory is like that is the gray zone they have a specific area for having kind of grayish entities and La Verona is a tragic story but that part is kind of ignored to make her purely just like evil which more fits of a Protestant lens. I'm honestly surprised they didn't bring the Warrens in on that one. Because they're like in every Conjuring movie. Mm-hmm. But the real Warrens had nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah. They dramatized the, yes. the bomb out of like the Conjuring yeah. movies. I mean, like the the second movie, the nun um, part of the Conjuring movie and how they kind of yes. like put that into like the nun movie. Um, sorry, I say nun, nun, nun. Nun, nun, nun. But uh, yeah, they love dramatizing movies because they know that's what people love. They love yes. the dark eeriness and the demon pop out and snatch yeah. the victims the and the whole... scares. And the jump yeah. scares. I mean, I love the jump scares, mm-hmm. but I love a good story tell, especially it's a face-off true story. I want to see yeah. some true story stuff mm-hmm. in these movies because that's the real and scary part. The Warrens are the perfect characterization of that because they are so ingrained into demon possessions and ghosts and Annabelle. Like, mm-hmm. Annabelle mm-hmm. is in the, their museum before they passed. Talk course. about ride or die. You exactly. Know? Like, that's a couple. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can marry a guy and then be like, hey, you want to... <laughs> catch some demons and lock them up. (laughs) They they apparently were so in love. and That's beautiful. Even even when Lorraine passed, everybody was saying that she's back with Ed. Yeah. The the movies for me didn't really do it with their love story. I mean, I get it. We were focused on like the scary stuff, the the real part, but... Wish I would have liked to seen some character development from the <laughs> from the what the the couple. Yeah. Well, speaking on Annabelle because that's probably one of the most embellished oh, stories because yeah. oh, in the movie, completely. in the movie Annabelle is like this super cracked up yeah. porcelain doll, and like who would ever even buy a doll like exactly. that? That's no. si- that's like just screaming demons. Exactly. Actual Annabelle is a raggedy Ann doll yeah. that looks so inconspicuous, mm. but she's got so much evil in her, which makes more sense because. He, 
you know, an inconspicuous, inconspicuous, an inconspicuous doll would be where if I was a demon, I'd want to inhabit that. Because if I inhabited a creepy little porcelain doll, (laughs) no one would ever buy that or pick it up. And people would see that and they'd be like, probably a demon in that. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the problem with people dramatizing movies and stuff like that. Because in reality, like, you're going to see that raggedy doll, like that raggedy Ann doll and be like, oh, that thing ain't going to do nothing to me. It's whatever. But if you get that porcelain doll, I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, why would you give that to your nine-year-old child? You're truly thinking, why is that Raggedy Ann doll locked up in a case? Like, oh, it's the prettiest antique. Like, that's what what I just think this whole time. I was like, I feel like these people, like, pick up Annabelle because it's antique. The leaking black blood is uh, part of the charm. Oh, yeah. It's an amenity at this point. Yeah, that's what what makes it more rare. That's what uh, makes Annabelle more pricey Mm -hmm. when when she's on the black market, and that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, going back to La Llorona and that uh, movie aspect of it, uh, overall, my general opinion of it is like... um, Kind of cool of them, like, trying to, like, bring the folklore into, like, modern times, you know, 1970s, whatever. But um, they always kind of, like, take the lens off of the entity and, like, put it into, like, the family dynamic. Yes. Because I believe the social worker had problems with being with her children or it wasn't that much of a strong family mm-hmm. bond. So they always have to put that trope into it, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, with La Llorona, I mean, very much big of a cultural influence in a lot of Latin communities and furthermore, and i all for it, you know? Yeah. Kids, do not go near a river and think that you're going to be safe without yeah. me. Listen to your parents. <laughs> Listen to your parents, kids. There's yeah. a lot of entities who are supposed to keep you from going near a river. You got Kappa in Japan who will drown you unless you give them oh, yeah. cucumbers. You got uh, drowners in Slavic countries who are specifically, I think they're specifically women, but it might be women and men who die by drowning. And because of that, they come back as like fish people zombie ghosts things what what is the it's a a japanese uh that's kappa no like there's a separate thing i think it was a um a a japanese water ghost there was an snl sketch about it (laughs) the japanese have a lot of oh yeah like creatures like that the yao the yokai i was about to say yaoi it's not yaoi it's not yaoi Any last thoughts about La Llorona? I mean, La Llorona was a baddie. I mean, what can you say? (laughs) I mean, you think about it, and you're like, why did the husband leave La Llorona? Exactly. You had all you wanted, a wife and a mother of your kids. Like, come on, man. It's like the 1700s. (laughs) Like, get over yourself. You know, and she was like the baddie of the village. It's like like the whole Jay-Z and Beyonce thing. (laughs) It's like, you really left La La Rama for this, I think. You know what I'm saying? And you're Jay-Z. I mean, mean, don't get me wrong. Like, he he has a good career, but you're Jay-Z. You know, the look aspect is... Yeah, not sauce. It's like Guadalupe <laughs> down the street has nothing on Maria. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know. And it's always beautiful women who get abandoned exactly. in these stories. Is it just because people can't emphasize with like an okayish looking woman <laughs> who gets abandoned yeah, by her husband exactly. and drowns her kids? Mm-hmm. It's always got to be like an attractive woman because like we actually like be, be so confused. Like, you know, if it was like an ordinary woman, they're like, oh, uh, you know, then he'd probably yeah. find somebody better. But if it was an attractive <laughs> woman, they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? 
Like, exactly. And I'm sure there's some German German story about the frumpy Frau who oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, threw her kids down a coal mine shaft because her husband like left her to go yeah. live with a woods witch or something. But I haven't heard it. Mm. I mean, Baba Yaga could be doing anything at this point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you want to talk about Baba Yaga? Let's talk about Baba Yaga. Okay. <laughs> like with her, in my instance, uh, I don't know. Like, is she, is she like a witch or something? Baba Yaga is a wood, uh, wood witch. Yeah, wood witch. Yeah. yeah. And my aspect on that, too, it's like it's always when it comes to the beauty standards in women that, you know, when it comes to like the horror, it's like they got to be super beautiful to get away with it or they got to be super ugly to be like a demon you know or witch or whatever or somebody really old which ageism is like a major part of a lot of folklore discrimination on that you know it's always the older women who are like the wicked yeah (laughs) And and it's definitely based off of like the product of like the time period these were written these were told or like these stories like were shared with like Mm -hmm. women have to be beautiful and if you're not beautiful like you're not bringing anything to the table Mm -hmm. do not get me wrong i am not saying that that is not a (laughs) let's just put the statement out there yeah no it's definitely like i definitely feel like there has been a shift in societal terms in which i'm very happy about like women don't have to be dropped at gorgeous like and i'm i mean we are fr- yeah yeah don't get me wrong just but like saying you know that's to my horn yeah you you like these like horror films like they all have to be very good looking like yeah. stars like and you're like oh wow she's hot yeah and look at her husband that left her can you blame her no it doesn't work like that as much as i love looking at linda cardellini she didn't need to do this movie exactly. <laughs> she did not like that's she, velma it's velma yeah yeah and i was surprised i was like okay what's wrong with okay. velma Velma is beautiful. I mean, in the second movie, when she put on that uh, orange latex suit, baby. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's be real. They, <laughs> right? Exactly. Dude, it's kind of funny that Velma's ended up becoming the sex symbol. Yeah, right? <laughs> Instead of, uh, you know, the one who was actually marked, created for that. Yeah. yeah, the one who was created for that purpose as the character. Not gonna lie, when she had that makeover, I was like, yes, yes. queen. Yes. Get it. Get it, honey. <laughs> because she found her a man because I guess she was like the ugly duckling of the yeah. year. Because Shaggy, he was like the, the pothead. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Fred Freddy? and Daphne are the perfect couple. Perfect the perfect couple, yeah. They're beautiful. Couple. But I'm not going to lie, when Fred, like, side-eye Vemma, you know, he's <laughs> thinking twice about that. But oh, like, yeah. Hey, we got we got somebody new in town. <laughs> and this, Hey, Daphne, you, you got competition, my guy. You got competition. <laughs> Fred's like, let's split up, gang. Yeah, yeah. right. Let's split up. Uh, but I'm yeah. with Vemma this time. Yeah. You know, we're going to switch yeah. it up. We're yeah. just going to switch it up. Daph, go with uh, Scooby and Shaggy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, I would like to see a Scooby-Doo franchise where it isn't just like Scooby and Shaggy and uh, Daphne and Fred. What you want, Scrabby? Which Scrab- one is Scrabby? Scrabby is a whole nother thing. Scrabby That's like my fur baby. Like, Scrab- <laughs> like, no, I have like a chihuahua mixed with a corgi and his personality, like if dogs can have spiritual animals, like <laughs> that is my dog spirit, like Scrappy dude, because he, he's like, let me have him. Let me have him. Let me have him. And he's like, he's an old fur baby too, but yeah. he, I mean, uh, yeah, he likes to be the big old bully. 
you know, to everybody. Kitty, but vicious. Like a little lamb piranha. Just like La Llorona. <laughs> so anyway, beware the weeping woman. Don't go by a river. And, of course. Listen and, to your parents. Exactly. And, you know, also just, just go to a swimming pool. Yeah. You know, a public yeah. swimming pool where adults are. Yeah, that's it for podcast. <laughs> Have a nice day, guys. <laughs>